1: and how you play it all about control And if you can take it It's all about your debt And if you can pay it It's all about pain And who's gonna make it? I am the game You don't wanna play me I am control no way you can shake me I am heavy debt no way you can pay me I am the
0: pain And I know you can't take me Look over your shoulder Ready to run Like a From a smoking gun I am the game
2: and I may do TFA. Bam, what, is up? what is happening? We are back and we're gonna be discussing our top wide receivers for the 2023 NFL Draft. The NFL draft is a week away at this point. Uh, you know, exactly a week from yeah. today. So we are looking forward to that in Kansas City. So I don't know, like a lot, a lot of people ask me if I plan on going. I probably am not gonna go. It just seems like too much work. Like it's <laughs> It's gonna be packed there's gonna to be tons of people down at Union Station, which is not far for me. It's like twenty minutes probably for me downtown is, and so it, but I know there's gonna be so many people there, people are gonna be getting drunk like it's just not for me like I'd rather much rather just sit at home and watch it, you know than go downtown and deal with all that madness like if I was in my twenties, I'd probably be about that live now no so
1: it 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 sounds it sounds fun in theory, but you're right, like you get down there just elbow to elbow with people surrounded like that. That's the same way for me with just like sporting events in general. Right. Like, like why, why would I stay at a game when I can just sit on my couch, just eat what I want, drink what I want, not worry about
2: anything, just be comfortable. I feel the exact same way. Like I, yeah. And the NFL draft, like I think like, like, First of all, like depending on where you're at, like where where you're like, you may not even be able to see the picks that are being made. And like it's not like like on TV where we all see everybody come up and handshake and like all this other stuff. So it's really like it's like, oh, who's picked? Oh, okay, he's picked. All right, now let's just stand here for a while and let's wait for another ten minutes for another pick happens. Like there's not a lot I I I feel like live it just wouldn't be the same. Like, I don't
1: know. Yeah, especially that first night when like there's fifteen minutes on the clock and each team is taking fifteen minutes for every single pick.
2: Yeah. So for me I'm just like, yeah, I'll just I'll just watch them. You know, so yeah, that's that's what I plan on doing. So anyways, let's let's just get into it. Let's talk about these wide receivers. Uh, let's I can do say it. my feelings have changed on some of these guys over the, the time that was since you know we've last kind of spoke about these guys. It was pre combine. And the last time we kind of talked through this, so, like, my top five, it's still, it still consists of the same guys. A little bit slightly different order. You know, there for a while, I was super high on Quentin Johnson. I still am. But I now have conceded JSN, I think, is the winner of the my number one spot. I just there think he's know. the most complete wide receiver in this class. Like, yes, there's red flags to him. And I think that's something that we're going to talk about with every one of these wide receivers. All of them have their issues, right? Like, there's not this just... Elite wide receiver, like I, like I love JSN, and I think he has a high ceiling. But I don't think that he has like Jabar Chase ceiling, right? I don't Justin no. Jefferson type ceiling. Like I think he's much more. For me, it sounds like at, what NFL teams are viewing him as is kind of that big slot wide receiver. I think he can win on the outside, but even at you know Ohio State, he was somebody who played almost primarily from the slot. Um, I think he tested really well. His speed wasn't necessarily. Uh, at least his straight line 40 speed wasn't anything, but everything else his this three cone, all that stuff was absolutely off the charts, which is why he has a 99 percentile agility score. Uh, he had a great breakout age. You know, he really went off. He has that one year of big production in 2021 last year. I think he played like 60 snaps, but overall, like I think this JSN kind of checks all the boxes or the most boxes compared to all these wide receivers. Do you feel the same?
1: Yeah, he's, he's number one for me and, in a, in a tier of his own, uh, for, for me personally, um, you know, you can, you kind of hit on everything, great route runner, elite agility skills. I don't really care about his, his 40, because this is what I think a lot of people have to like keep in mind with some of these prospects is like, if they don't have great forties, like this this is why I like watching some of these guys to kind of see like, how do they win at college? How are they, you know, racking up all of their stats and everything else? JSN wasn't a burner. So like the the forty time didn't really uh, you know didn't really bother me, but his route running and those agility drills absolutely match up. Uh, best route runner in his class for me. I think he's gonna be that slot like you were mentioning, but it's, it doesn't really matter, right? Like as long as he gets the volume, like it's it's not gonna be that big of a deal. We've seen guys like Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, yeah, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, like we've seen slot receivers as long as they get. The volume, it's not going to be a big deal. So, JSN is numero uno in this class.
2: So, a uh, little behind the scenes, we have not talked at all really about what our rankings are. So, we have no idea. Not at all. I uh, will kind of go through this and kind of figure out from there. Um, I could say I still have Quinn Johnson at two. There are certainly red flags with him. And I think that he might be of the top five guys, he might be the most boom or bust option of these guys, right? Because even though he is six foot three, two hundred eight, I think if you really you know pay you know watch him at all and, and see what he you know what he's about, he might play the smallest of any wide receiver that's big. Um, he the way he wins, he's not a great contested catch guy at all. He only had eight contested catches this past season for a player his size, that is uh, somewhat of a problem for him. Very it odd. tends to disappear at times, but he also I think he showed really well in the national title game, I I think that helped him as well. But I mean, cause really, I mean, when you talk about him, it's almost like if you didn't talk about how his size, like, cause he is a great after the catch guy, like what he could, his his after the catch skills are very, very good. I don't think he's quite the route runner of some of these other guys. He could be more polished. He did. uh, But they also didn't ask him to do a lot of different uh, uh, routes as well. So he didn't really have a refined route tree, but his just pure athleticism is definitely there. 98th percentile burst score. Um, he, he crushed the broad vert. Um, he ranks 39th all time out of a, a 1,097 wide receivers in terms of athleticism. So that is all there. But he just he just kind of disappears at times and like he struggles against press coverage, which is gonna be a problem considering what NFL teams are gonna ask him to do. But at the same time, his ceiling is as high as anybody in this class. And if he can be developed correctly, like I, he could end up being the, you know, the, the player with the highest ceiling in this class. And so there's another player we'll talk about a little bit later that I think might be a little bit better option than maybe he is, or that's going to be uh, not cost people as much. But Quentin Johnson, I still think is that dude. I, but I, and I, but I think the hate has gone too far for him. There's a lot of people that have just like completely written him off and act like that he is just a complete bust, and they're just everybody's waiting to dunk on people that anybody who likes Quentin Johnson. Yeah. The, the
1: thing that's odd for me too, is if you're paying attention to NFL mock drafts, like he's been sliding at like, and I don't know. I mean, there has to be something going on behind the scenes that we don't know that he's all of a sudden sliding. Right. Because for a while, like him at 12 to Houston was like one of the more like popular mock picks. And now all of a sudden it's you know you're not seeing him in the first round. Some of these NFL mocks. So must there must be something going on. It's just really odd that we haven't heard, you know, anything off the field wise, you know, any type of character issues, anything like that, medical, um, just just one of those weird things. And I think that's what is giving uh the the haters their their juice to to go out and do that, right? To start, you know, talking about Johnson like he's just gonna be an absolute bust. I do think he's a little bit more boom bust, but I also think it just kind of speaks to this class in general, man. Um, you know, if you were to tell me that Quentin Johnson was, you know, the 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 best wide receiver from this class, I don't like. I'm not going to fight you on that. Like, I don't, I don't have any issue believing that. And also, if you told me that, you know, he was not really thought of in terms of fantasy three years from now, I, w- I would believe that as well. But I, I do like what he brings to the table. I think he moves really well for a dude that's his size. Um, you know, not a super crazy route tree. He wasn't asked to do a ton of different things. You did see him work all levels of the field, which which you like, inside, outside, both left and right side. You saw him move around there as well. Um, you know, I think he has pretty good agility for, you know, again, for a dude his size. He's able to kind of snap off his routes and create, uh, create that separation pretty quickly. Um, I, I'm just really interested to see where he ends up being drafted and what kind of capital he gets and where he ends up landing. But I think because of his size and movement skills, I think he does have one of the higher ceilings in this class
2: for sure. Yeah. And I think you could see teams like fall in love with all those other things that he does. Like, right. I think there are definitely teams that feel like they can develop him and turn him a little bit more into a bully at, you know, at, at, at the catch point. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. He certainly has some like highlight real contested catches. But it just didn't happen often enough for me. But overall, like I said, I still love Quentin Johnson, and I'm not going to just you know follow the the herd mentality of oh I'm just going to keep no I'm just going to knock him way down my board because you know people have problems with them. Like I'm going to hold steady, but I, I will admit that I, there's definitely that range of possibility that he does turn into a bus. Like I think it's definitely there, but I also think that there's the other side of it too that people don't talk about that he could end up just exploding and kind of figuring it out and getting the right system. And be utilized correctly. So I do think there's a lot to love with him, but I think there's also those other things that definitely should still be mentioned with Quentin Johnston. Um, next up for me, I have Zay Flowers at three. Let's go. Um, I really I went back and forth between him and Jordan Addison. I know some people are gonna say we're too low on Jordan Addison if that's where if you have Jordan Addison, I have Jordan Addison four. Uh yeah, so we're the, so we're the same there. And so I like I've seen like Dale Jeremiah has has Jordan Addison, as the his ninth overall player of the entire class, not just wide receivers, wow. uh, the entire class, right? And sometimes you have to take note of that because guys like Daniel Jeremiah are very, very connected um, on you know with, with a lot of the stuff. And maybe there are—I I wouldn't be surprised if there are definitely teams that love Jordan Addison. I think there's a lot to like with Jordan Addison, but with Zay Flowers, um, you know, five nine, one eighty-two, came in a little bit bigger than I think people were expecting to put on all that that muscle mass. Um, you know, if his and his numbers aren't like eye popping or anything like that, you know, in twenty twenty two in twelve games, seventy eight catches, one hundred and thirty targets, one thousand seventy seven receiving yards, and twelve touchdowns with a twenty nine percent target share. Um, And analytically, he's certainly not a guy that I would say checks a lot of boxes either. But when you when you watch him, I mean, his short area quickness is might be the best in this class. Excellent burst. Uh, I think he has uh, more than enough speed. I mean, he's just electric off the line. He is an absolute technician as a route runner as well Uh, he's gained the the comps of antonio brown i'm like we always have to go the highest like we're like antonio brown is a hall of famer like first route ballot hall of famer okay but with zay flowers i still think that he's a very fun prospect um obviously the, the college you know system that he came from a boston college is certainly not anything to get excited about the quarterback play there was horrendous um but I still think Zay Flowers, like if you get him on the right system, even though he's five nine, but you know he is one eighty two, so he's pretty jacked up. I think that he could kind of be that dude, maybe like a Steve Smith type. Uh, now again, I'm going like you know somebody that's very you know one of the better wide receivers that we've ever seen. But uh, you know, overall, I still think Zay Flowers is a lot of fun, and I think that he could be a guy that be that i don't think that he's going to be like that wide receiver one type but i think he can be a very strong like wide receiver
1: yeah and I, i honestly think that's kind of what we're looking at with this entire class right like not a lot of guys who like like even jsn like he could be a one if he gets the volume but like that that remains to be seen i think he could command that volume as well but if he gets on if he lands somewhere that has an alpha you know, I mean, I, I think that could potentially present present some problems depending on the 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 offensive scheme and everything else where he lands. But yeah, I man, with Zay Flowers, he he's a fun watch. Um, I have him above Jordan Addison, and like I have like this tier of four guys here that are like small, shifty, probably slot receivers at at the next level. So I, I kind of it's really close between him and Addison for me. I just have flowers ahead right now because I think he is a more versatile offensive piece. Like Addison, I don't think that's – I mean, I don't know. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I think it's a little crazy that, <laughs> that Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah has him as the ninth overall player on his board. Um I think Addison is a better route runner, like more nuanced than Zay Flowers. But you saw Zay everywhere. You saw him inside, outside. You saw him, you know, both sides of uh, bo- both sides of the of the line. You saw him used on every level of the field. Yeah, Addison did get some, you know, some sweeps and some handoffs like that. But I think Flowers was probably better with them for me. You know, being a smaller wide receiver, he does not shy away from contact. There were so I watched Quentin Johnson first, and then I watched Zay Flowers after that. And Zay Flowers was getting after it more as a blocker. Now, obviously, we don't care about uh, blocking inter- for for fantasy purposes. But I saw Zay Flowers like getting after it more and, you know, kind of trying to be, be more aggressive with it than Quentin Johnson did. He obviously has, what, seven inches and, you know, a, a 30 pounds on him. So definitely not afraid to to get in there and, and mix it up. I The, the AB comps are, I, that's like you said, why do we have to do that? I, I think in terms of like stylistically, like the way that I, you know, was what I was kind of reminded of when I was watching him play. Was uh, Debo just in terms of you know how how he looked with the ball in his hands? Then I was like, man, I can't. I think Debo's a little bit bigger, but let me go De- thirty pounds. <laughs> Debo has thirty pounds on Zay Flowers, so a- again, that's why I have him uh, ahead of Addison, just because I, I think he's less uh, like landing spot dependent, less scheme dependent. I think he's just a more overall versatile. Peace. I
2: think with Zay Flowers as well, I think I, I definitely think there's a range possible that he'd go into first, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he was like an early second. And I kind of feel the same way about Jordan Addison, though I will say that I, that I take notice that anything Daniel Jeremiah, because he's one of those people that are very, very connected, and him having him there may not necessarily be where he feels, but he's probably heard enough from people to where they, he feels like that this guy could go much earlier than we're all expecting. And I've heard some talk that people have said that it's possible that Jordan Addison could be the first wide receiver that comes off the board. Um, that seems a little wild to me, but, uh, you know, uh, I think that, you know, I think some of the stigma, I guess, with the, the smaller wide receivers, right? Because for the longest time, it was these small wide receivers can't make it in the NFL. And I think that's changed, right? We've seen even guys like, um, like Tyree Hill or Jalen Waddle or Hollywood Brown and Jahan Dotson that that you know have have found success in the NFL even at a smaller size. Obviously Devonta Smith could be in there, but he's obviously much taller. But he is still was at that one seventy range. Where a lot of these guys, that's where these guys live. You know Jordan Addison, one hundred seventy pounds. Um, the thing with Jordan Addison that he just doesn't like wow me in anything that he does. I think he's great at what he does. I think that he is a very solid route runner. Um, I think that he is a great slot wide receiver. I think he could develop, but maybe he is more uh, Amon Ross St. Brown than he is anything, which would be great, right? Amon Ross St. Brown this year is coming off the boards like a top twelve wide receiver in fantasy drafts, right? Like he's been great, but I think he needs to land in that spot where, uh, like, like, like he did, right? Where you know, Amon Ross St. Brown landed, where he was kind of the guy. Because if he's not, like, I think that this could be something that it you know takes him a little bit more time to really you know, come out because athletically, Jordan Addison was is, looks terrible. Like, he has a 18th percentile speed score, a 37th percentile burst score. But that's okay if you can win, you know, in the short intermediate route stuff, you know, win from the slot. Uh, so, you know, and it's really kind of a tale of two seasons. But I will say to start this season, you know, he recorded a touchdown or 100 yards receiving in six of his first seven games. Then he suffered an ankle injury and it kind of derailed the season a little bit for him. But his, you know, his 2021 at Pitt was obviously much better. Uh, but he also had more. Uh, but he had 100 receptions, almost 1600 receiving yards, and 17 touchdowns there at Pitt. And then he goes to USC, and he had 59 receptions for 875 receiving yards and eight touchdowns with a 16 percent target share. Uh, but that makes a lot of sense, right? Because he, obviously he went from a 16 percent target share to uh, from a 26 percent, almost 27 percent in Pitt that he received, but. I just kind of look at him and I'm just like, okay, I think he can be good. But, like, is he going to be anything more than, like, a Jamison Crowder type, right? Where he's going to have some games where he's good, but maybe he's never elite. I don't know. Uh, I guess he just doesn't do anything. He doesn't really wow me in any way. And so it's just kind of like, ah, I'm going to throw him here. Um, I'm sure there's other people. I know those people that have him as the number two wide receiver for them. I just can't get him that high. I just – I think the ceiling is much higher for JSN, Quentin Johnson, and Zay Flowers, than it is for Jordan Addison. That's kind of where I come in on. Yeah, I
1: think it could be a a Keenan Allen type, right? Like if he's getting fed those type of targets, because Keenan Allen, you know, obviously bigger than Jordan Addison, but it's not like he was some uh, you know athletic freak in, in in his own right whenever he came out of Cal, you know, a few years ago. Same thing with Jarvis Landry. It, it it's all just gonna. I, I feel like a broken record at this point, but it's all just gonna come down to volume it's going to depend on where these guys land and if they can get the the needed volume especially in PPR leagues to to be able to offset some of their limitations in terms of you know not necessarily being field stretchers not necessarily being red zone threats but i think the reason why he like doesn't wow you is just because he's so smooth smooth in everything he does that would I prefer that he didn't test as poorly as he did? Absolutely. Like you're not going to, you're not going to have anyone be like, Oh, well, you know, I, I prefer these guys that have 18th percentile speed scores at, at their size. No one's going to say that, but for me um, again, that, that, that's just not how he, how he won. You know I mean? He wasn't, he wasn't burning past guys and, you know, catching balls 30, 40 yards downfield. So with, with what he did and how he produced the college it really doesn't bother me so um like i said the only reason why i have him down here at at four technically is just because i i think that flowers is just a little bit more versatile that's all
2: so let me ask you then is josh Downs your number five Is he your five yes so right now we're just lockstep okay <laughs> so why don't let's do this so, so we don't have to go because like i i like josh Downs, with josh downs again Another slot guy, 5'9", 171, as really was really productive each of the last two seasons at North Carolina. Um, I think he is a dynamic, explosive athlete. Run out of the catch ability is definitely there. He's not another smooth route runner. But I also think that he's much more of a – I mean, some of his contested catches, I think he had one of the highest contested catch rate in this entire class, which for a guy his size is pretty impressive. He kind of has that my ball mentality. And, but I, so for me, that's kind of where I, I pegged him into five, but that's, that's, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot else to say after that. Like I said, just another really, really good route runner, another really solid slot wide receiver, somebody that I can't, I do think that he can run on the outside has a great breakout age, 19.1 breakout age, which is mm-hmm. nine eighty-seventh 87th percentile, something else that you really want to see. So I just think Josh Downs is a really fun player and, you know, if, landing in the right system, especially in a, you know, a much more passive offense. I think Josh Downs could uh, you know, really make an impact.
1: Yeah, and also a, a 97th percentile target share and a 70th percentile college dominator to, to go along with that. So if, uh, if analytical profiles your jam, Josh Downs should definitely be someone that, that you're looking at.
2: Yeah, okay. So that's our top five. We're identical, which is funny because we had never talked about this. But no. I'm hoping this is where we're going to get different. So... Lay on me, who is your number six?
1: Let's let's do it this way. On the count of three, let's say our six. Okay. One, two, three.
2: Marvin Jayden Mims. Reed's. Let's go. <laughs> right, here we go. All right. All right. I got Jaden Reed. You you go you, you tell me about Marvin. Because I actually had Marvin Mims a little higher, but I have two wide I actually have Marvin Mims at eight. So. I'm a little bit lower on Marvin Mims, uh, but tell me about Marvin Mims. I
1: just re- I just really don't understand the, the lack of talk and the lack of chatter surrounding Marvin Mims. I mean, all the dude has done is just been a steady producer. Now, his, his numbers aren't eye-popping in terms of his production, but broke out as a true freshman. I think sub-19-year-old uh, breakout age, I think, puts him in like 95th, 97th percentile, something like that. You know, he, we also have to remember the the situation that he was at in Oklahoma seemed like, you know, Spencer Rattler was going to be the truth. He was going to be the man. And then that started to fall off. Caleb Williams, you know, jumped in as a, as a true freshman, took that job. And then he bounced so that, you know, he, he went through different coaching staffs, different coordinators, different uh, quarterbacks, as far as, you know, one of these other smaller receivers goes, he went out and did well at the, at the combine too. Now, obviously, being, you know, a, a buck 80 and running a, a, a 4 4 eight is, I, th- I think, what he ran. Not, not mind-boggling, not something that's absolutely crazy. But in terms of some of these guys, you know, like Jordan Addison obviously did better than uh, he did in the, in the 40 and some of the testing. I think Josh Downs was was somewhere around the, the same area. But the dude's just extremely explosive. He is one of these guys who can stretch the field, unlike some of the the other guys I have in this tier with the with the smaller type of slot receivers so i think he's uh he's, he's really good in terms of being able to create those explosive plays i he does struggle with play strength a bit you know similar to jordan addison you'll kind of see him bullied around especially on the outside kind of getting pushed off of his uh especially on vertical routes you'll kind of just see him just squeeze to the to the sideline but that's to be expected right at his size but definitely offers more juice and ability to stretch the field. So Marvin Mims really with with all these guys, man, just just like super super curious where they end up going in the draft, but I think he's someone who who could surprise some people and I'm definitely going to be targeting him in the second round of all of my rookie drafts.
2: Yeah, I like Marvin Mims and I think there I think he has been a little bit overlooked cuz like I said I did have him a little bit higher but like these other two wide receivers that I have ahead of them started to kind of grow on me more and more. And I was like, you know what, go drop them on a the table. I'm just gonna go with it. And so I do like Marvin Mims. I think there's a lot to like with him. I think at the very least he could be a really solid deep threat in the next level. That vertical ability. I mean, he has uh, some really uh, you know solid speed for three eight 91st percentile burst score as well. There's a lot to like with Marvin Mims. Or so so I it's definitely nothing that I have against him. But you know when it comes to Jaden Reed. He's somebody that has been gain, gaining a lot of buzz uh, it, You know, they're there for a while. I think it's kind of died off a little bit. But I think with him, like 5'11", 191, he is a little bit older. He is almost 23 years old, come from Michigan State. But, um, I, you know, again, another player that doesn't really check a lot of the boxes analytically. But if you if you turn him on and you see what he's able to do, I think he's a very fun player to watch. He's right after the catch ability. He's very special. Short area, quickness is excellent. And I think one of the things that you really love to see is his ability that he's utilized on special teams. That is something that correlates very well at the next level in the NFL. Uh, he's going to be able to get on the field early, even if, if it's just as a punt or a kick returner as well. But I think Jaden Reed, I think somebody that people are going to be a little bit surprised. I think he goes in the second round. I think pretty solidly. I think he could go there in the second round. So I do like Jaden Reed quite a bit out of Michigan State. I think he has a very special player. And the other guy that I have ahead of him, I'll just go ahead and say it is Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss, who I have at seven. Um, I love J- uh, Jonathan Mingo, six foot one, two twenty six. Like that's the guy I was talking. Like Jonathan Mingo is everything we wish that Quentin Johnston could be because this guy is a hyper athlete. Uh, excellent burst. He's built like a running back. And, and I think he got better as a, uh, as a route runner, a uh, little bit of a late bloomer. I've heard a lot of people try to compare him to AJ Brown, mainly because he went to Ole Miss, you know, like, like, I, I think those things are a little bit unfair. He doesn't really have that level of production, but I will say in 2021, it looked like he was headed for a breakout. His first two games of the season he had over hundred plus yards in 2021. He got hurt. Uh, which ended up uh, kind of derailing his season last year. Possibly he comes out, uh, you know last year instead of this year. Uh, this past year, he had fifty one receptions, eight hundred and sixty one receiving yards and five touchdowns. But I think he's somebody that is a very special player, super, super athlete as well, you know, with a ninety six percentile speed score, ninety first percentile burst, six foot one, two twenty six. And so I definitely think NFL teams are gonna fall in love with his ability to be able to do these things. And so I think, again, another guy that I really – I think he is locked in to be a day two pick. May not go in the second, but I definitely think day th- or, you know, third round is definitely in the range of possibilities for him. And so that's why I have Jaden Reed and Jonathan Mingo both in those spots. But, uh, you know, and I, I have Marvin Mims at eight. But I just I, – I love Jonathan Mingo, what he brings to the table – He's like, he is still a little bit raw. He's going to take probably a little bit time to develop, but I think if he can, I think he could be a very special player at the next level.
1: Yeah. You're, you're not alone either. He's kind of been one of the, the, the buzzier like sleeper names. So uh, you're, you're definitely not alone on that. I have now, this, this is actually someone we had talked about this, just only this player specifically, because you kind of asked me where I had him because, you know, you felt you might've been too low on him. I ended up moving him up from where I from where I previously told you, Kev. So I apologize for lying to you ahead of time. But that is going to be uh, Jalen Hyatt coming in next for me after Marvin Mims. And this more or less just has this for me. This has more to do with like just wanting to find someone that might have you know a little bit more pop in this class. You know what I mean? Like we've been talking about, you know, a lot of like wide receiver twos and I don't think Hyatt's going to be a wide receiver one by any means, but I think because of his ability to stretch the field, his speed is legit. The fact that this dude ran a four, four and everyone was just like, eh, four, uh, four, that's it. Ugh. Like people were disappointed in the fact that he ran a four, four flat. There was, you know, there was some rumors circulating that he could possibly crack, Four two and be a high four two guy. Obviously, that did not come to fruition. But with Hyatt, I think eighty three percent of his eighty three percent of his snaps did come from the slot. So he's one of those you know vertical slot type guys. Again, that's just a lot of what that this this class is. But someone who I think could provide you know a little bit more boom bust on a week to week basis. I don't necessarily think he's going to be someone that you know we are consistently relying upon. But he could be that hammer, could be that guy who ends up winning you a week or losing you a week for that matter. But I I, I really do like his ability as a as, as a field stretcher. Obviously, only has like the, the one real year of production at Tennessee. But uh, you know, if he lands the, at the right place with the right quarterback, I think it could be uh a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of fantasy goodness for our teams. I'm sure he's going to be someone who uh, you guys are talking about on the DFS show quite a bit.
2: Yeah, with me, with him, it's just like, – I just think he's kind of one-dimensional. And, like, I really struggle with the offense that he came from. Because, like, when you watch – It's fair. Like, there is fucking nobody ever around him. Like, he is just like – like people are just like, ah, oh, we're not worried about Jim and Hyatt. Like, we're not even worried about – Like, it's just wild how just absolutely wide open he is so often – like, but don't get me wrong. Like it, it's not so much the production that it was just the one year we have other guys in this class that really only had one year production. It's just, I worry that he is not a good route runner and that he's going to get typecasted into strictly a deep threat at the next level. And like, does he become like, And I, like, I, I also feel like that he is somebody that is, could end up falling down the draft. It could end up being like a third or fourth round pick, which isn't necessarily the end of the world, but I just think that he has to go to the right team in the right system. Because if you were to go somewhere that doesn't have a quarterback that can utilize him correctly or a system that's going to utilize him correctly, like I just don't know what, really what to expect. So that's why I have Jalen Hyatt at 12, and maybe I'm lower on him than the consensus, but I'm just not all that excited about him. I actually think the next wide receiver that I have on my list is somebody that I would rather have than him.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
2: Six foot, 192 pounds, a 46 percentile college dominator for him, 32% uh, target share. He did break out late, 21.4 breakout OGK from LSU, transferred from there. But who, hey, who ran a 43340, 80 88 percentile speed score, you know, transferred to Nebraska, 71 catches, 1,043 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns. He also checks the box analytically. He was sixth in yards per route run, 12 deep catches. Uh, I think he has obviously excellent speed, huge wingspan. Um, he did return two touchdowns, two touchdowns in college, which again we talked about. That is something that we definitely want to see from a, from a player. So I really like Trey Palmer. The only thing that worries me about him is his ability to catch the football because he does have a career thirteen point eight percent drop rate, which is not good. Obviously, you have to be able to catch. Could the be football. important. Yeah, as a wide receiver, <laughs> it could be important. But that's also why I have him at wide receiver nine and not higher because I think everything else that he does is it looks really good he kind of almost looks like a little bit like a Christian Watson type right um that's kind of what Christian Watson was was a super athlete but you had a lot of question marks about everything else and that's kind of how I feel about Trey Palmer who transferred from LSU but so I really like Trey Palmer I actually went back and forth with him and Cedric Tillman about having him at nine I have Cedric Tillman at ten we can talk about him in a minute but um who do you have next up
1: Ah, Kayshawn Butte.
2: Oh, no. And I had yeah. to... So, go ahead and say what you're going to say. All I'm going to say is this. I have Kayshawn at wide receiver 20. That's where I got him.
1: I... Hey, okay. so, I, I get go it. Go ahead.
2: Because I, I think... It. I will just say this. Like, though no, actually, you say, you say it, and I'll, then I'll, I'll I'll say why I have him so low.
1: I get it. I absolutely get it. But again, in, like, in this class where it's, everything is kind of just like, eh, meh, nah, like, I, I don't know. Like, if he can somehow regain his form from his freshman year, we were talking about a true freshman breakout, while well, everyone else had their panties in a bunch, you included, about this other LSU receiver and Terrace Marshall. Uh, you know, he he ended up putting up similar, he had half the touchdowns, but in his true freshman year, uh, same amount of receptions, basically the same yards, only five touchdowns to Terrace Marshall's 10. But looked like he was going to be, like, the next great LSU wide receiver. Just played the part, looked the part. You know, his second year, he comes out, has nine receiving touchdowns in six games. Obviously, that was uh, the the uh, the COVID-shortened year there. Um, and then everything just kind of fell off, man. He ended up being outproduced by I think two other wide receivers that this past year, at LSU. Uh, you know, didn't really take that next step forward, ended up having the almost the same amount of yards in 2022 as in 2021, although he played five more games. Obviously, he has this wild, wild off-the-field thing that uh if that did not come to light, I think he is going back. To LSU for his fourth year. But in this class, where like I'm just like I'm searching for something to be excited about. Keyshawn Butte, again, that holding on to the past here, absolutely no idea what to expect from him in terms of his draft capital. He also came in like much smaller than I was expecting. Ended up coming in at 5'11, almost 200 pounds, though. So he he is a he is a bigger wide receiver. Uh not a great athletic profile to, to put it lightly uh, ran a four or five, which is, which is whatever, but that does give him a 47 percentile speed score, a second percentile burst score with his with his jumps. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about 300 pound offensive and defensive linemen that had better vertical and broad jumps than, than Bute did, um, you know, 33rd percent agility score. But again, just holding on to what was in in terms of his freshman year started looking like he was on the same track his uh, his sophomore year as well, and like it, it all started to unravel very quickly. But has has way more to do for me with this class and kind of just you know if he can get back to what that was. Now that's obviously a complete unknown. If he ends up as a as a day three pick, I'm not going to be holding on to hope and you know kind of keeping him here as, as a late day three pick. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely move him down after that. But right now, I, I, we need, we need hope, and I, I'm hanging my hat on the hope of Butte.
2: Whoa, living on a prayer. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just I mean, you pretty much said it right. Like the athletic stuff. Like, and I'm not so concerned about the forty and all that stuff. But, like, and I do think that we overvalue sometimes and overstate athleticism, especially for a wide receiver. But can you be that unathletic? Like, it's just, like, I was, like, when I saw him, I'm like, oh, my God. And then he doubled down and did his pro day, and it was just as bad. Like, if you can't beat it, why are you doing it? Like, like.
1: No home cooking there.
2: The agent gave him no, like, it was, like, the agent should be fired. Like, and now you, like. If anything, he probably should have went back. He should have went back to LSU. Uh, and Or he should have just not tested. Couldn't do him. that. Yeah. He did. He started. But then you also just have this question, like, does he have that drive? Like, does he have that – does he want, right. like, like – you know what I mean? Like, you see that – you saw the flashes. Like, there's that ability in there somewhere. But can he end up turning into being that guy? I don't know. And so, like, for me, like, I just – with everything that's happened, with – like, uh, like I'm just out, right? Like, and I know like this, he has produced, he produced at a, at a young age, but it's just, there's nothing there to get me overly excited about him. And so like, I just kept every water. I just like, okay, I'd rather have this guy. I'd rather have this guy, I'd rather have this guy. And 20 is probably too low, okay? But it was more so of just like, I don't really know where to put him. And so I just kind of kept, you know, I was like, oh, I'd rather, kind of rather have this guy. I'd rather have this guy. So that's kind of where it got for me to have him at 20. Is that too low? Probably. But I also think it's definitely possible he's like a sixth, seventh round pick. Like, like I I just oh, I don't know if sure. NFL teams sure. are gonna fall in love with him. And if that's the case, it is what it is. And so like that's what, like the other guys that have like Cedric Tillman, he, he was my, I believe, wide receiver 10. Like there's certainly question marks with him, but he is one of the, you know, in that mold of that bigger, that bigger wide receiver, six foot three, two thirteen. He is older, just turned twenty-three years old. But he has produced. that this year he was hurt so, you know, playing only six games this past year. Still four seventeen and three. Uh 2021. He had over a thousand receiving yards and twelve touchdowns. I think there's a lot to like with him. 79%ile speed score, 79%ile burst score for Cedric Tillman. I think teams are gonna really like his his size. I think he can be that prototypical X outside wide receiver. And so, you know, I do like Cedric Tillman, maybe a little bit of like Alshon Jeffrey type of uh, you know, ability to his game. And so, you know. Uh, I do like Cedric Tillman, and he's another guy that um, that I think that we've started to see some of the people that are really have sources, uh, you know, on the next level that, that that are you know really plugged in. Have said uh, people are way too low on Cedric Tillman compared to how the NFL looks at this guy, these guys, and say that Cedric Tillman uh, is likely a second round pick. And I don't think that really surprised me. If he is, somebody I'll probably move up a little bit higher. That's kind of what we're waiting on. And see see some of this capital and some of these landing spots though. I will say wide receiver landing spot is not nearly as important as it is for a running back. So it shouldn't be weighted the same, but Cedric Tillman. And I think Rishi Rice were really hard for me. Both of those guys are two guys that I kind of like, uh, you know, ahead of Jalen, Jalen Hyatt. But I think both those guys kind of similar type of players. Obviously Rishi Rice came from SMU. Um, but uh, you know he Rasheed Rice, somebody that had, was great in terms of contested, contested catches in this class—16 contested catches, which was eighth most among all wide receivers last year. Uh, you know, very, very good in short and intermediate routes, contested catch situation, excellent body control. But he does tend to allow corners to kind of get his hands all over him at times. He doesn't—he doesn't do a very good job at times of selling his routes, um, and so and he kind of lacks that top end speed. But again, don't really care about that as much for a wide receiver but i think both of those guys are kind of interesting prospects Tillman and Rashie Rice putting on landing spots and that's kind of where i have those guys just man with with Keishon, i just i, I can't do it. like i just i just won't let myself so so who do you have at 10 then i don't or was that was that Butte no uh
1: Butte was 8 i have Jordan uh Jordan Reed <laughs> Jane Reed at, at 9 and then uh you know you obviously talked about him I don't, I don't need to go into any more detail with Reed and then I have Xavier Hutchinson at 10.
2: Okay. Uh, so talk to me about Xavier Hutchinson. Cause I think he's kind of an interesting name too, that I don't think a lot of people give a lot of credence to.
1: Yeah. He, I think he's just, you know, kind of how you were saying with, uh, with Jordan Addison, like you watch him and like, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like, does, you know, doesn't really do anything exciting. I think Hutchinson is just what, like one of the most consistent wide receivers in this class. Just, all around really solid no holes to his game he's you know thankfully one of a, a bigger body dude i think 62 203 yeah what he came in at the at the combine you know, really good ball skills if you want to talk about one of the things that does stand out uh, it, it's definitely that his ability to kind of just pluck balls out of the sky his his body control all those sort of things he, he's really good at um, and he's he's also been you know where his consistency comes from Is just with uh, with his time at Iowa State, you know nothing nothing eye popping. You know only four, five, and six touchdowns from 2020 to 2022, but got more involved, got more opportunity, and put up more numbers. And you saw that improve year after year. Went 64 for 771 and four in 2020, 83 for nine eighty seven and five, and then in this last year, 107 for eleven seventy one and six. So. Again, just that that consistent uh, year over year growth ended up. You know his targets really jumped up this past year. I think he had like over one hundred and fifty, I believe, uh, in twenty twenty two. I think he was a JUCO uh, transfer as well, so he's a little bit on the older side, not as old as old man Cedric Tillman. Was just like such a fitting name for him. Just seems like that that's a name that a, a 75-year-old would have. And that's I'm I'm pretty sure he's not far off from that. Um, just, just has a, a solid profile all around. Nothing that stands out, you know, a ton in terms of his athletic profile. 65 65th percent speed score, which is fine. Uh, you know, burst and agility score below the 50th percentile, but his uh college dominator 69th percentile. 97th percentile college target share and a 55th percentile breakout age so just just solid across the board um one of these other guys i i think could slide into round three
2: yeah um i think a few other guys that i think that could definitely reach that i think uh there seems to be like a tyler scott hive uh around that people yeah. just love tyler scott and I you see I, I never fails when someone put like posts their rankings and they don't have Tyler Scott listed, like among their top 12. You see people like, where's, where's Tyler Scott? Like, why like like I think Tyler Scott is is uh could be a good NFL wide receiver. Maybe people are so there's certain people that are a little bit too low on him. Uh coming from Cincinnati, 5'11", 185. He checks a lot of boxes athletically. You know, he ran that four four, but he also has 95th percentile burst score. Um, but like, I again, like, he doesn't really have a whole lot of production in his career either. He did have almost 900 yards and for nine touchdowns this past year, uh, you know, at Cincinnati. But um, I think him, I think he's definitely a player that I could see going in like the top three rounds. I also think AT Perry from Wake Forest could also be that yeah. guy, another one of their bigger body wide receivers, six foot three, 195. Uh, you know, uh, he has seventy second percentile speed score, a 74th percentile burst score and, uh, you know, was productive. I mean, has over a thousand yards each of the last two seasons, you know, in, two, in 2021, he had 1300 receiving yards and 15 touchdowns. And last year he had almost eleven hundred uh, receiving yards and eleven touchdowns. So I think there's a lot to like with him as well. And he could be a guy that I think some of some of us are a little bit, some people are a little bit too low on. Uh, so I think he could uh, check that box as well. Somebody that could maybe go a little bit higher. I've heard a lot of people talk about Puka Nakao, as well as somebody that people that really like uh, as well. But yeah. overall, this is something that I wanted to ask you about this class that I think that there's a definite range of possibility that this class ends up looking like the quarterbacks last year, where they fall much later than what we all thought they were going to. Right. Cause last year it was like, it was like, okay, you know, it was Malik Willis, right? Oh, Malik Willis, everyone was talking about being like a top 10, top 15, even in just a first-round pick, right? And all these guys fell, and it was like, oh, man, oh, shit. Like, it was it was just Kitty Pickett that went in the first, and everybody else went in, what, the third and after? Ugh. Like, I'm not saying that I think that only, like, one wide receiver is going to be drafted in the first round, but I think it's definitely a range of possibility that maybe only, like, two wide receivers go in the first, and then, you know, a lot of these guys start to fall a little bit later than what people were expecting. I think that some of these guys that people really love could go later than they're expected. some of these other players that I think could go higher. If you look at last year's class, like Tyquan Thornton, right? I was like, what the fuck? Patriot? But it was the Patriots, too. But, like, how he went much higher, went higher than George Pickens, you know, went higher than Sky Moore, who a lot of people liked. But I just think with this class, like, do you feel like that there's going to be, there could be some shock, and you know, with maybe these wide receivers fall much later than what we think?
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. I haven't seen – it it's been so crazy with, with all the rumors, especially surrounding the quarterbacks, and now with, you know, Houston potentially not taking a QB at two, like everyone was thinking. Um, I haven't seen any uh, markets for wide receivers to be taken in the first round. But, like, I don't know, man. That, that, that is one that I would not be putting my money on. Like, especially now with, you know, like we were talking about with Quentin Johnson – uh falling and kind of getting pushed out of the first round. I mean, Zay Flowers is starting to get that buzz and he's kind of been lifted up to kind of like the, the back end of the first round. Um but it it kind of just looks like JSN is the 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 only one I feel comfortable saying like is like a lock for the first round. Um you know I think it's possible Addison, Quentin Johnson, you know, Zay Flowers kind of make their way in there and Jahan Dotson was a little bit of a surprise last year as well with, with, with as high as he went, but yeah, man, it just, it just seems like we're going to see a lot of these, these guys fall. Hopefully that means for, you know, for fantasy purposes anyway, that we're going to see a run on them, you know, day two, kind of make that, make that more exciting for, for all of us. But there's, there's just, there's not a ton of exciting guys. And it seems like, you know, kind of with the, the quarterback class this year as well. It just seems like there are a lot of question marks, or at least the, you know, some limitations surrounding these guys. I'm so one of the guys that I think could potentially surprise people because all, all it takes is one team, like Taekwon Thornton last year, would be uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton out of WVU. Now, he didn't crack 500 receiving yards until his junior season. But if you want to talk about somebody with athleticism, six four two twenty ran a sub four four forty, and then did fantastic in the in the jumps as well. Agility drills didn't do uh, great on. He's going to be a little bit older. He's already twenty three years old. But you know, if you're looking for someone who could end up, you know, being a little bit of a surprise, now I'm not saying that he's going to go day two. By any means, but I think, you know, with, with the kind of like lackluster, especially with the the size athleticism guys, you know, outside of, you know, Quentin Johnson, I know uh, Mango tested, tested pretty well, but we, we really don't have these athletic freaks how how we normally do and all it takes is one team. So I think he's, he's an interesting name to at least like jot down at the bottom of your rankings and to, to keep in mind on on draft
2: night i think last i think uh tank dell we didn't talk about him but like he's so hard I'm, because I'm he's the quintessential like small <laughs> player right he's obviously a little bit smaller 5'8 165 k from houston but man like if, when you if you want to watch some some tank dell like he definitely produced right i mean at houston in 2021 1300 receiving yards 12 touchdowns 2022 14, almost 1,400 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns. And like, you just watch, like, nobody can cover this guy. Like, he is just, just he is almost impossible to guard. And, but he is 5'8, 165. And it just makes it really hard to love or like him because it's like, we've seen these small, like Tutu Atwell, right? Like, but then again, Tutu Atwell went in the second round, right? Now he's done absolutely nothing in the NFL. Like I can't yeah. think of like even like a like a play that comes up. Like okay, maybe he had one moment. Like he's done nothing, so it, it makes it really hard to trust him. And, like take Dell, but I would be surprised if a team loves him, and, and you know took him a little bit higher as well. So I just think there's a ton of variance with this class overall. Like. We could end up, because I remember a few years ago with the running backs, uh, like I remember like pretty much everybody just just shit all over the running backs and there ended up being like three or four, you know, really solid uh, running backs a lot like last year, I guess. That's kind of how this wide receiver class feels because it was all comparison of the year, you know, the years prior to like, oh, you know, like, like Brees Hall, oh, Brees Hall, he's not Jonathan Taylor. and There's not all these other running backs that are great. Well, you know, you look at last year's class and you had Brees Hall, you had, you know, Kenneth Walker that, that a lot of people were kind of all over the place with that. I mean, and, and redraft leagues was going like the 10th round. And then, you know, we saw all these other guys that were much later, like Tyler Algier and Isaiah Pacheco come from that class and Damian Pierce. Like there's a lot of other running backs that came from that class that, you know, overall, I think a lot of people hated the running back class last year. So while I think a lot of people don't love this wide receiver class, I wouldn't shock me if three or four guys really emerged as being like solid fantasy contributors on your roster. Um, but I think that, you know, just in mind that there's a lot of variance with this class the way that I do. Yeah, I think we're going
1: to have, I, I do think we end up getting, you know, a bunch of contributors. But I think uh, if you're looking for a stud out of this class and if, you know, you've been taking the advice for what seems like the past four years in a row where you were just selling everything away to gather up, you know, rookie draft picks in, in this class think you're gonna be a little mistaken and you know maybe you might as well just kick that can down the down the down the road one more <laughs> one more year. I don't you know I don't think outside of uh you know Bijan there's really anyone that's coming to the rescue for for your dynasty teams. But I, I do think we get some contributors. I do think we have some solid, you know, back end wide receiver two, wide receiver three types. But uh there's definitely the the stud and excitement factor missing from the class.
2: Yeah, just wait till next year until Marvin Harrison Jr. comes out, right? Like, isn't that the. But I I still go back to this. I feel like that's what everybody was saying about JSN at this time last year. It was like, just wait till JSN next year. Like, a lot of people love JSN. And then it's just, then then that kind of changed, right? And so, overall, like, yes, next year's class sounds like a lot of fun because you have like Caleb Williams, Drake May. Uh, from unc so you have him and uh like i said marvin harrison's in this upcoming class there's a lot of good running backs so overall again i don't think this class is like special in any way but i think there's there's definitely going to be some players that come from this and yeah you know uh so we like i said we say it every year who knows there's going to be some other players that we're, we're not even talking about right because nobody was talking about anthony richardson as possibly being a top 10 draft pick in the nfl you know this time last year and now Here we are. There's always these players that emerge like heading into last year. Everybody was all over. Will Levis loved Will Levis. Everybody fucking hates Will Levis now. Like everyone just calls him a bum and he's terrible. And, you know, but he's probably going to be drafted with the top 15 picks of the NFL draft. And, you know, we'll see if people can turn him around and, you know, we got people out here, you know, falling in love with Bryce young, who's five, seven and one sixty. you know, um, but uh, that's going to play quarterback. People are now instead of just you know comparing them to quarterbacks, we're comparing them to NBA players, which super weird. I didn't you know I don't know where this trend's coming from, but yeah, people are saying that he you know, he could be like the Steph Curry, and I'm like, okay, um, I don't know what that really means, but uh, you know he's going to have to be a complete outlier, and I think he's a wasted pick by Carolina. I don't know. I'm not as high on Bryce Young as everybody else is, but um, I think if he was more athletic, maybe I would like him a little bit more. But if you are a non-athletic five. Foot ten, maybe five ten. You know, 190 195 quarterback. Like it really worries me at the next level, right? Because Kyler Murray is completely different. Kyler Murray has the athletic ability to be able to get escape the pocket, make plays. I don't know if Bryce Young has that ability, and that's what worries me. C.J. Stroud seems a little bit more safe and a, with a little bit more ceiling, especially if you look at what he did again, like the Georgia game and stuff like that. Uh, was was just special, and so um, I don't know. I just think this class will be fun. I am looking forward to next week uh, with the NFL draft to come, just because you know it's fun time of the year. Kind of see where all these guys land, uh, see where everybody ends up. You know, so I like to, I really am very very curious to see where Bijan goes. It sounds like he's probably not going to fall out of the top twenty, and so which is which will be will be fun to see. I think Jameer Gibbs could go back half first or early second. So I think there's a lot of players that I'm just kind of excited to see where they end up. Yeah,
1: absolutely. and then we can finally start putting. Landing spots with these guys, and you know, kind of really, really nailed down our rankings. So, we'll definitely have version three of these post NFL draft, and then before we know it man redraft season will be here.
2: Let's go! It's all right around the corner. it's I'm telling you, it comes, it creeps up on you all the time. You know, we'll have all the offseason stuff for the NFL, and then you know, be training camp. We training camps in July. I mean, we're already over halfway through April. We're almost to May. And so, I mean, once it's weird bay, May, I mean, you got to, like two and a half months and training camp starts again. So, yeah, uh, NFL season. will be here before we know it. NFL draft is next week. So let's keep it locked here. I appreciate everybody checking out uh, the show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this from. Uh, and, you know, leave a rating and review if you're listening to this on podcast. We appreciate it. We'll be back again. I think we're going to try to fit in one more mock before uh, Superflex mock before the NFL draft so we kind of get a better outlook idea of landing spot before it does happen so keep it locked in here we will uh see you guys on the next one bye
0: closing time open all the doors and let you out into the world closing time